everyone it's me games just wanted to go over a few things before we get started on this next episode uh as you all know we're all pretty new uh to this whole podcasting game and while it's been a great a lot of fun and a lot of work um you know mistakes are, uh, are bound to happen and uh and that happened in this episode so you know we started off recording just fine one of our tools uh that was recording ended up corrupting most of our audio but we did have a backup that was started a little bit after the episode had started so um this episode will start off a little bit late um it'll start with us discussing how original composition for a game doesn't necessarily make the game and how a game like tony hawk uh with you know with a uh prove that a curated track can really make a game iconic and this is where i'm having the realization here and this is where the episode starts and uh and we'll take it from there uh, but again i thank you so much for all the love and support i've been getting around the around um the community and i really appreciate everyone who's been tuning in and giving me feedback thank you again and without further ado it's episode four of the vgxl podcast before oh yeah that um Damn, this sucks. I was in the moment too before. Were, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just the, the whole thing about like like I said, we were talking about like like original original um, compositions for music and things like that. And that was gonna be like the the basis of the of this podcast. But thinking you know after everything you had you had said previously, it you know it made me realize like you know that Tony Hawk is iconic for its music, and even though it wasn't necessarily composed for the game itself the people who curated did such a great job that that musical hand in hand with that game so it's like that's just yeah like that just really opened my eyes to to that you know even even if you know it doesn't necessarily have to necessarily be because that's like movies sometimes movies are you know the music's not always written for the movie but a good curated you know soundtrack can really make a movie and yep. you know so the same thing with games like so that that's that's a good point you know you bring out like like you know that whole list of games i mean of music for uh tony hawk like mm-hmm. made it iconic you know yeah right i mean perfect example is anybody who says that you know that doesn't make a difference or like you know that it doesn't have its own significance is just lying because that kind of like all right perfect example is kiss from the rose by seal everybody associates that with batman (laughs) you know what i mean because not only is that movie like there isn't a music video seal like on the rooftop with the bat signal (laughs) i think so (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah and that song and then it also you know when you comes to uh to spider-man when spider-man came out uh the first like the toby Maguire spider-man you had nickelback with that song um hero they say there's a hero can save us you know what oh, i mean yeah. like <laughs> like these songs were super huge and associated with but those songs were like curated not you know they were like made and then used for the movie they probably would have made those songs regardless you know what i mean right. because they were catchy songs yeah. but then you have original scores like hans zimmer you know who does everything for like warner brothers pretty much like go yeah you know hans zimmer does the stuff for like man of steel he's done a lot of stuff with christopher nolan who did the dark knight trilogy and he sets the tone for the movies themselves like both of those have their own significance you know what i mean like same thing goes for video games video games like whether it's original compositions or curated for a a game it's it's uh it could be the difference between 
a game that everybody wants to sit there and play or a game where people just leave the radio off in the game yeah. <laughs> you know That's right sure. yeah. <laughs> definitely man that's like um i mean it didn't have the best soundtrack but since we're on the topic you know as like just curating soundtracks as a whole for video games um that kind of mm-hmm. brings me to one of my choices which was um odd world abe's odyssey oh that was a banger you know yeah, yeah. So i'll play that now just to have it in the background but if you're listening there it's none of the tracks really pop out at you none of them are like amazing none of them uh really you could play on their own and you know tap your feet or anything like that but as a whole they really in my opinion set the tone for the whole video game you know they they said i agree they transport you they're real like um ambient kind of low-key tracks but they really do a good job of transporting you to this place you know to this crazy messed up world that you're supposed to be inhabiting um and it looks like a ellen majors or majors he, he was a, a dutch video game music composer um and he did the music for for this one um mm. i think he did yeah he did the music for abe's exodus as well and he's worked on the lego star wars trilogy um a lot of star wars things um armed and dangerous so he's he's definitely got a few uh, mm. video games yeah he's though. got some up his sleeve yeah yeah but um yeah it's nice. just one of those it just makes it obvious how important it is to have really really good music design especially nowadays but back then even it was super important it really helped you know meld and glue everything together because i don't think abe's odyssey would have been the same game without the without the soundtrack that it had you know if it had some cheesy no you're ass, right you're right yeah like if it had some cheesy ass tracks or you know just something that somebody put together didn't really match it or you know if they had put fucking tony hawk's um soundtrack <laughs> right. on it you know what i mean like <laughs> you completely different game so, you know what's crazy yeah. that that makes me think like mm-hmm. me and i our world's an excellent choice because our world for me always stood out as one of those games that i felt that game could have came out in any era and been awesome yeah like had they come up with an 8-bit or 16-bit odd world game where the you know i i would have imagined that game having like a similar soundtrack in the 16-bit era to something like zombies ain't my neighbors mm-hmm. you know like something yeah. like that was we didn't mention that last time but that yeah. that that soundtrack had some awesome tunes you know like yeah. kind of like that it set a tone for like a kind of a scary dark world you're supposed to be in you know yeah exactly i remember you playing that uh games i remember going to your place and watching you play that a lot yeah, I actually got that game because Torrente said that it was a good game. Oh shit! <laughs> oh shit! Really? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, full yeah. circle. Yeah, we're full I still, circle. Yeah, it's funny because because I it was around sixth grade. It might have been around six, sixth or seventh yeah. grade. This is again the PS One was out already, but my parents weren't buying me that, so um, my father used to bring home the Funko Land. <laughs> yes, Funko Land. Um, uh, uh, the whole like. Um, the catalog or whatever the in-store like like uh uh circular or whatever and it would have right. literally list every single game on the sega genesis uh, was printed on it and even though they didn't have it they didn't necessarily have it in stock it was always printed on it so you know they didn't know what to really buy me and they knew all i wanted was video games so for christmas he would just have me highlight like any game so i remember seeing that and highlighting and that was one of the games he found my father found where he went to Funko Land. <laughs> That's nice. That's awesome. That I remember going to Funko Land. There was one at Fordham Road. Yes. In the Bronx. That's the one I used to love to go to. Yes. Yo, I was so jealous yeah. of you guys because I did not have one of those out here. Because I live on uh, Staten Island <laughs> for anybody who's curious. So, yes, it is technically one of the five boroughs, but just just barely. 
Um, <laughs> we didn't have any cool shit like that. I remember you were always talking about like you had you had another one too that was nearby you. Yeah, um, uh, software, etc. Yeah, and Ooh. I just remember like whenever I would go to visit you, I'd always want to stop by there because we didn't have anything like that out here, at least not that I knew of. So <laughs> I was always jealous. But yeah, continue. <laughs> <laughs> Funko Land, yeah, what a yeah. great. That's what a great callback that was that takes it back it's like now every place trades and sells you know <laughs> everything funko lie, land man. was like the first yeah exactly exactly all right but uh what what's next on the list yeah what else we got i know i know i have um, a couple more uh games do you have any other ones that you were thinking about that kind of bring you back yeah yeah when when talk about ps1 hell yeah um one of the one of the big ones and this is one's a common one but i didn't care because this mm-hmm. one was a really big deal for me especially on playstation was castlevania symphony of the night Ooh. Oh, yeah. that, that prologue theme that came on when oh yeah um when when uh when you're playing as richter belmont oh my god you're right. running to that first level and that music the guitaring starts and oh my god like that shit just blew my mind when i first tried it you know, it's like you just hear you hear like that hype music going or whatnot. Yeah, yeah. it's straight yeah. up wizard metal, man. Hell yeah! <laughs> it just fit the it fit the it, it fit the freaking tone of the be- especially the beginning because you're fully powered Richter from that's from Castlevania X or whatnot right, right. previous okay. game. Yeah, so you're like fully powered up, ready to go fight. And oh man, when that shit hits, it hits. And that that really like. Like was a big deal for me, and um, and what else? Let me see. Was is this the first? Hold on. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. So after that finishes, and you defeat and you defeat Dracula in that part, then you get the freaking mm-hmm. Moonlight Nocturne. Oh uh, right. Come on, and that do do do. Oh man, you hear that right there? It's just like yeah. freaking oh, epic, like just Talk song. So you get this like. <laughs> Yeah, you get yeah. this like, epic yeah. like guitaring, and then just this crazy like orchestral music just comes out right after. And honestly, yeah. like I gotta say, like like we said before, like like getting into not that I ever like just threw it on to listen to it, but this made me appreciate. I think this is one of the first games that made me really appreciate, like like the um like tone and you know like like how you know classical music can be can really like. Yeah. set the tone and really make you feel something you know yeah. in the game and this is the first time I, like i really appreciated like i'm always enjoyed some there's older stuff that i liked older than this that you know as a kid but still it's like i didn't i think this is a, one of the first time i really appreciated like the different styles that they had in there um right or yeah. whatnot <clears throat> it's easy to appreciate when it's done well you know exactly yeah when it's done that's right true way, it's easy to latch on to it so they definitely did it right they had a yeah, lot of that was... in that one too Oh yeah, yeah, like that. That's another one. Like it's 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 freaking Konami. This is again Konami at its at its Peak one of its Konami. highest point. Yeah. yeah, like when Konami hit that thirty-two. I mean, they were already great in the in the old school. You know, in eight-bit, sixteen-bit era. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's you know there's stuff that I forgot to mention last week. Um, that I'm actually kicking myself right now because I didn't talk about uh, uh, Contra Hardcore for the Sega Genesis. All right. And, yeah, and that game. Um actually has a version there's a secret level 
on the um in the third stage because that game what was great about contra hardcore which i didn't realize was is actually one of the hardest games considered one of the hardest games ever made that game is hard yeah. it is the american <laughs> version is tough you literally have three lives one hit kills and you know and it's like so many multiple levels and then on top of that that what made that game was super unique um Wait, because you guys you, ever you, beat it so, I beat it. Oh yeah, it has four endings, so you had a reason to replay it. You had two, you had choices. Um, there's a choice you make in the first level, and depending on the choice you make, it's two different endings. Because you make a choice, that first choice, that leads to another choice later, that that leads to to one ending and then another ending, depending on what you choose the second time, okay. and then vice versa. You know, if you choose the other one. So, yeah. but in the third level, no matter what you choose, you end up at the same third level. And when you go up to secret area, this this I'm gonna throw it Spoiler in. Spoiler alert! Jesus. Hold on, let me <laughs> pull it up for the reaction. Hold on. Oh man, makes me think of that game, um, Narc. Uh, Narc, you're busted. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I used to play that all the time. Yeah, you had that game. Yeah. yeah um, <laughs> hold on. Here we go. That's all right. A fucking game for kids, but. I got the link there. All right. So when you went up to the when you went up to that to third level, you fought these bosses, and then this music would play. The, it's called the uh, Simon 1994, 1994. <laughs> 1994. Exactly. And this is this is uh this is actually since it's a secret and it's still Konami, it's actually an Easter egg. The music is an Easter egg. That's the that's the Castlevania theme, just played in a crazy ass. Oh right, sped like, up, huh? Yeah, like a different like guitaring thif, uh, uh, riff or whatever, and you know, I didn't even know that until like later. But I always loved this freaking music here. But yeah, it's a remix of the of Castlevania music. Of which one do we know? Oh, which track wow. it's a remix of? Um, I think it's just like the main. Just the main theme. Okay. Yeah, I gotta find. Um, I think it's just yeah. I think it's just the main main. Uh... <laughs> The, <laughs> this is great. Yeah, that one. I'm thinking back to this. Contra Killer. Yeah. Let me, let, all right. So here, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw in the the real theme okay. for Castlevania, and then you'll hear it. Okay. So listen to that thing, the reg, the regular one. Oh yeah! Right away you can catch it. Yeah. Yeah, and then it's that. Da -da -da -da. Yeah. And then they just pop a molly and go in. Yeah, see? Exactly. This shit goes into freaking overdrive on the freaking Sega <laughs> Like, I, I know we're on 32 bit, but this is an honorable mention. Like, it's just talking about Konami. I forgot that, you know, about this is this this game was so freaking iconic to me. And being one of the hardest games in in the franchise, I had no idea. And I played the shit out of that. I got it for my birthday. And I remember just, just probably, and I died like a million times. Like, I, I that was that's a game that I feel like I could probably speed run because I still have it memorized to this day. And and uh, I used to, I got so serious with that shit. I used to actually turn it off. Like, I mean, reset the game. If I died on the first level, I always reset. I didn't even let, you know, like, I freaking mastered the, the first level. I played the shit out of that. I remember uh, <laughs> watching you play that too. Yeah. I used to watch you play a lot of the tougher games at the time because I was, you know, I'm a few years younger. But I just always remember <laughs> I had all the dope shit. And you always enjoy like fighting games I'd watch you play. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? For VGXL, the podcast, we need to do an edition where we discuss rage games. Just games that made you want to fucking uh... break your Super Nintendo. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. We can definitely do a, yeah, that can be like a topic of the week yeah, type yeah. shit. Yeah, that's a Listen, topic cliffhanger for snes we're not gonna go off topic i'm just gonna say this because i don't want to forget it 
Cliffhanger, SNES. Fuck that game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. I remember Cliffhanger, yes. That game was... It, it wanted to be fucking cool, but it just was tough as shit and not the that cool at all. The game sucks and is hard as fuck. Like, <laughs> it's crazy. Garbage. It's a bad combo. <laughs> yeah, no. So, the, yeah, no, but, I, I, I hear you on the Contra and the Castlevania. Those are some awesome picks. Yeah. And I actually didn't know um, that that was a sped up or... You know, a uh, remixed, pretty much remixed version of a, of a Castlevania song. I did not know that. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's, that's what that, that was. I didn't realize that either until like years. And they were like, "Oh yeah, the you play, you hear the the main theme of you know of, of Castlevania in the secret levels." Like, wait, what? And I was like, "Oh shit!" I used to just when I was bored, when I would want to just play a little bit, I would I would just play up to that third level, and 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 it's three bosses you fight at the end, and then and then the, the game ends right there. So I used to just beat it for you know just for fun. It was like the, the mm. f- fifth the fifth ending of the of the of the game. That's wild. Ah, uh, okay. That's yeah, five, five different endings. I love that Contra game. But anyway, <laughs> probably have never heard that song because I doubt too many people got that far. If they're like exactly, released, so. that's true. <laughs> and it was a more obscure Contra game. Like it, that, I, yeah. it wasn't until recent, like maybe the last ten years, that that actually is considered like you know one of the because Contra Three is the more iconic one. Everyone right, always talks about yeah, Contra Three. Yeah. I know you owned it because I know you used to tell me about that Contra Three all the time on Super Nintendo. Mm-hmm. But this oh, yeah. was there, like this was like the equivalent, you know, the Sega Genesis equivalent. But um, right, that's cool. But yeah, nice, nice, nice. El Torrente, what's next up for you? Uh, all right, so for I'm going to jump a little forward. We're going to jump to 1998. For me, we're going to go to a composer by the name of Noriyuki Asakura, all right, Japanese composer. Composed a lot of the music on the Tenchu games. And Tenchu, for me, entering the world of stealth, a Japanese, like he had a modded PlayStation back when modding PlayStations and stuff took like a lot more work than it does now to mod systems. Now you can do that shit yourself. Yeah. Back then you had to kind of know a guy or knew somebody who had the right stuff or whatever. And um, he had uh, an early version of, he had the Japanese version of Tenchu. And I remember being addicted to that game right away. And to this day, this is like I consider this to be one of my favorites of this. You know, this is one of my favorite games on PlayStation. Period. But um, if if we play that track, um, "Cure the Princess," and you hear the tone of that song, this is or it's already got you. You know what I mean? Like you're in the forest. Just to set the give you a visual for anybody who isn't familiar with the Tenchu series. Your whole mission for this is to go and find the princess and you have to cure her with a potion. And you're running through the forest and you're coming across enemies and you have to kill them stealth. So the whole point is to not get seen. And this is the music that they hook you up with. Nice. And you just listen to this little change right here. Just. Yeah, the little guitaring. Ooh. What? Like, you're putting this in a video game aimed at a demographic from, like, 10 to 20 years old? (laughs) Like, that to me blew my mind. I remember staying right behind a tree after I killed somebody just to let that song rock. (laughs) This song is a vibe and a half. Like, this shit is a vibe. Yep. Like, I've tried to get this on playlists that that I have now. Just because the song sounds like something that so many I've listened to artists like this to this day. Like there's an artist called um, 
Federico Abuele. He's like this dude from Spain who does nothing but music like this. And I'm convinced the reason why I even like it so much is because of this song. Because it throws back to this. That's dope. That's yeah. That's fire right there. Listen it's to crazy. this. This Yo. is it's amazing. Is that Carlos yeah. Shit. Right? Yeah. <laughs> this sounds like some freaking some freaking uh what I said the the like some gypsy king some Japanese gypsy king type thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's like this is in a video game. The fact that they put that in a video game where you're a ninja running around murdering people in feudal Japan, <laughs> it's like the I I just I respect the fact that they did like it was just that was an era of just creativity. They were just doing it. Yeah. You know, like it's still around like you see the comments in these you know when you look go to the youtube videos and you find these comments everybody is all over it and these are comments as soon as like you know a few months back people that's are still revisiting the tracks you know yeah that's crazy how people just really they latch on to some of these and they stick with them forever i mean latch on yeah it's like we latch on to rather it's just crazy how that happens yeah yeah it's dope it's pretty incredible and i mean i don't know if it's a comment i mean konami being you know this just dialing back to like konami and like the fact that they i feel like a big part of their strategy was to not only get the top creators and like people with the best ideas but they were really seeking out people who got the best music you know because yeah. i don't mind i don't know if you guys mind I'll, I'll i'll throw one more in and this is completely relevant to the whole discussion we've been having yeah. but konami does it again peak konami you know they they come and they uh they hire the talented akira yamaoka and that's a name that rings a lot of bells he's still relevant to this day you know he's doing the soundtrack to that new xbox game the medium mm. oh yeah 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 we we're just talking about that he he's he just has a way and like if we jump into that just a track simply called silent hill which is the main theme even used in the movie to open up the theme of the movie and uh, you let that just that guitar how it yeah that sends chills up my spine <laughs> yo that that for being such a somewhat of a simple like opening like the way that that whole opening always creeped me out without even uh-huh. like I don't know why, but it, th- th- this captures like, uh, for some reason, it just captures like horror, like you know, like suspense or something like not good. <laughs> he really like oh. captures it in this music. It's so reminiscent of our, like, I guess they're copying him now, but so many, I feel like Japanese horror films, things like that, they all have this kind of vibe to them. Or just horror in general nowadays. I feel like it all has that, that creepy kind of mandolin kind of sound in the background, you know? Kind of yeah. Players on the back of your neck stand up. Right, right. First to kind of use this sound. You know what? I feel like that. I mean, honestly, when it comes to you know games that I think, I mean, for me, I, he's the first I heard doing that. Yeah. And like, you know, it's just yeah, I can't. I really can't. I can't think of anybody else. Like his, the composition just got more and more elaborate because you. You go across his, like, I have songs of his that I still have on playlists to this day from Silent Hill 1 up to part 3. And Silent Hill 2, wow. Mm-hmm. That soundtrack is another, that's next, like, that soundtrack to me could have been 
like nominated because that's like that that needs to like if video game awards and things were like as big as they are now back then mm-hmm. that would have been all that would have been all over the fucking place because that soundtrack was madness yeah. he everything about it it was like it sounded like he took Portis head and like massive attack and all that you know night late 90s trip hop sound and like made it his own thing you know all for a video game yeah, yeah it's amazing definitely one of the better soundtracks definitely um, what else we got on the list uh well i'll jump back in the fray with uh another throwback if you can't tell i i, I seem to be the dude who likes all the throwbacks but um <laughs> for me at least because i didn't have contra but what i did have was an n64 that had Star Fox 64 on it oh yes Ooh, and nice, Star nice. Fox 64 um play this opening right here i mean talk about some like iconic tracks just get you in the mood get you ready to shoot laser beams and uh <laughs> yeah on this spacecraft <laughs> yeah i mean it just sets a mood got you know has you marching in has a military march part and all that and i just think it did a great job of setting the mood and, and kind of again just putting you in the place of all right i'm i'm a star spacefaring fox this is my Two barrel. <laughs> Sorry. Easy flippy. Easy flippy. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. But even that, like, how many people, like, at least around our age, wouldn't know that if we just shouted that out? Probably right? 90% <laughs> of them would turn around and be like, oh, shit, that's Star Fox. You know what I mean? Like, so just that whole soundtrack from the music to the, the, the SFX, all of it, just super iconic, super important, I think, to the overall gameplay of it. Oh. Yeah. No. No. Absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Just, just, just another banger. Damn. This is bringing it back. Yeah, man. And um, so yeah, so they actually released the Star Fox sixty four um soundtrack in nineteen ninety seven. Um, it was released by Pony Canyon. So hmm. Pony Canyon. Yeah, and uh, the music is composed by um, Hajime Wakai and Koji Kondo. Oh yes, uh, Koji Kondo. Oh yeah, Koji Kondo. He's done all the and the Super Mario Brothers. Yeah. yeah. So you know, yeah. Legend of Zelda. Yep. So yeah, he he worked on this as well, and it, it shows another classic, classic fucking soundtrack. One of my oh wow, yeah. yeah. Nintendo's always been good with the music. Yeah. And oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, um, Koji Kondo still does music for Super Mario to this day. He did. He just did Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. He did like the guy is everywhere. Right, exactly. To this day. Yeah. It's crazy how they keep all these dudes around, too. I feel like American companies are like, all right, you did this one song? Cool, thanks. Kick rocks. Right? <laughs> yeah, right. That's <laughs> exactly. Uh, uh, speaking of Koji Kondo, we're going to, um, I just want another song that really sticks out from the 64 era. In Mario 64, is that um, the underwater theme uh, Ooh. from Super Mario 64? Okay. As soon as you hear that start. Yeah. That vibe, another like you feel like you're underwater. Like they capture that shit perfectly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is yeah. Yeah, the, yeah, the Mar. That definitely. Uh, I know Pfeffer uh, loves to loves this. This is one of her favorite uh, songs in the in the game. And uh, right. she was like, "You have to cover that." I was like, "Okay, <laughs> I got you, got you." It's for you, Pfeffer. I mean, it's a good one. Definitely sets the mood. Definitely like. I can't imagine any other music right there. Exactly. It's just perfect. Like it really it feel it captures the underwater feel. Like it definitely feels like you're swimming around some boats and goombas and shit. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. And squid. 
Yeah, what's crazy about this is that you don't like when you're in it you don't realize what you're experiencing until we're this age looking back on it <laughs> you know like we appreciate it and everything now but it's a whole nother level like back then it was not it's not what it was you know like right now we appreciate it much more because it's come and gone and we're just kind of like wow they put so much effort into this you know yeah. exactly it's funny back then we were probably more impressed with like what are now really shitty graphics but the things that really <laughs> stuck with us are, it's the music it's the emotional aspect of it it's not it's not the visual the visual is nice but it's really all the music and and the feelings it was able to uh, produce that kind of stuck with us it's funny yeah no, absolutely true. yeah because it's it's that's one of the things that makes you want to go back and play like an old ps1 game that looks you know that didn't age well graphically is the music like you know the music is what, what you know that's what that's what sparks up the, the nostalgia in your brain you just feel it in your chest <laughs> yeah that's very true yeah and then i mean i've i have another n64 i don't know if you guys want to just knock out the 64 now but i was just thinking about it um it's a movie based on a, uh sorry it's a game based on a movie uh but goldeneye for n64 oh oh yeah uh, i don't know if you guys are like me but if you were you played lots and lots and lots of split screen hell yeah so, uh, we got real comfortable hearing the music over and over again but right um definitely some of the most iconic in my opinion like n64 tracks and that opening you know, classic yeah uh, but then also just running around you know the level when running away from oddball as he fucking stalks you down the gray hallways. Definitely a good time. Legendary, <laughs> legendary metal guitar. Hell yeah. You know, listen to that. <laughs> Their rendition of the James Bond theme. Like, they did a great job of making it modern and also throwing uh, James Bond into the, you know, into the whole video game world like that yeah. they they proved that he was quality for you know that era like you could you could create a whole game around him you know yeah it's funny we haven't really seen too many after i mean i'm sure it's a licensing thing but i wouldn't be mad if they they decide to bring him back yeah yeah, exactly. yeah. or some, some kind, kind of like something unique yeah 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 i feel like so many shooters have come out and then you have like the hitman series and like all that stuff that kind of they kind of took a lot from the James Bond series and like the whole aura of who he is. I feel like that might have something to do. They might feel like the demographic isn't there, you know? I think they could definitely be successful though with it. I think so if they marketed it right, yeah. An HD GoldenEye for the Switch, everybody would be playing it right now. Yeah, I'd cop that. Definitely. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. If they made that right now, yeah, I'm in there. Yep. We are all on there. Hell yeah. But yeah. Oh man. What's next? Um, another one I wanted to bring up for back on PS One was um, is the originator. Well, I think it's the originator <laughs> of of uh, World War Two uh, first person shooters, and that's uh, Medal of Honor. Now, Medal of Ooh, Honor was, yes. if you know the history of Medal of Honor, that was a, a collab with Steven Spielberg after the movie um, Saving Private Ryan came out. They wanted to make a, a game kind of like, you know, that took place a, at a similar time and dealt with similar things that the movie dealt with. And um, so it was, you know, so he I know he helped um, develop it as well as get, you know, uh, they got like 
DreamWorks to work on it when you actually opened up it, it starts with the kid on the moon or whatever and it did like a little intro with DreamWorks and then the main theme from it on just starts. And this this music I used to love hearing it in the beginning. That that uh, the horn the trumpet or horn <laughs> playing yeah. in the background it's just <laughs> <Yeah>. like <laughs> oh, and and I'll never forget because I think it had special features. This was like one of the first like triple A like they went all in you know like like not first or in, by any stretch but you know like the fact that it had like Hollywood you know working together to make to develop a a franchise was was a pretty big deal uh, for me at the time and i remember getting this game and i loved it i loved every second of this game it was one of the first first person shoes i ever enjoyed because back in those days i mean everything was a, do a doom like game you know like mm. and so anything that was first was like i don't play doom like games you know i didn't even call them first person shooters but when this came out i don't know i guess you know i was at an age where i i could appreciate what was being said about it about the production value and about what was going to be included and and this really this game like was a big deal for me and that that music just hits yeah i think it's what it back. was it was just so cinematic it wasn't just mm -hmm. doom it wasn't just boring you know i mean like doom is it's great for what it is the you know fps but it's not very interesting otherwise to look at you know what i mean like the scenery isn't great it doesn't you know right the story isn't going to really pull at your heartstrings or anything exactly so. and this was about like you know the different things that they had to deal with during war and you know like i said i believe this is one this is what led to the call of duty franchise or whatnot you know so yeah definitely uh medal of honor is definitely up there and especially the soundtrack you know love yeah, it medal of honor is awesome that brings you back to coming to your place and hanging out and falling asleep just because of how <laughs> during my insomnia days <laughs> i'd go you know go over to my cousin's house who lived about seven blocks away from uh from games and you know me on no sleep thinking i was just cool i'd be like hey man i'm gonna come over and let's play some games and i remember sitting there on the couch playing medal of honor and just passing out yeah. while i'm playing <laughs> like yo yo wake up I'm just yeah, kidding. wake up <laughs> or you just laugh like oh man i call you you were just standing there and i'm like haha yeah man i was yeah <laughs> like i'm just all fucking dead yeah. <laughs> wow well we're on the, on the subject of, of war games the one not quick game i want to bring up really quick is is um soviet strike so Soviet Strike Ooh. is, a, if you don't know, it's a helicopter uh, a game, you know, that, that it's like a mission-based helicopter game. And they started on the Sega Genesis where I first played some of these um, with Jungle Strike and Urban Strike. And uh, pretty much you're in a the helicopter, they give you missions and you fly around the map. And it's kind of, you know, it's semi-like open world, I guess you could say. Like you flow around to all around this map and you had to pick up like, you know, uh, troops and blow up buildings, things like that. But And one day, I don't know why I did this. I think I just had a CD player, I think, or something. Being silly, I threw the, I decided to throw the the CD into um into a regular CD player, the game into a regular CD player. And when, when you do that, you know, nothing shows up. Um, you know, at first, but when it goes to the next track, track one, all of a sudden this happens, and you start hearing like this buildup of like this weird, like freaking drums. Like, what the hell? This freaked me out because it, it just sounds crazy in the beginning. And you hear, oh, oh yeah, that sounds. Yo, this, this sounds nuts, especially oh, to like what a 14, 15 year old. I was like, what the hell? 
Yeah, I was like, what the hell is this? <laughs> but then... <laughs> then it hits. Oh, wow, yeah. And you hear the little... I was like, okay. <laughs> and I'm like, what the hell? Bro, I'm creeped out right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then you hear like the little like freaking choir sounding shit in the background. I'm like, what the hell? Like, yo, I'm telling you, this freaked me out. I was like, yeah, I would have been like, what, what's happening? And then it starts, you know, as it keeps building up, and I'm like, okay. And then it really takes off. This, this whole thing is just crazy to me because the way it just changes from like some like seance sounding thing to a freaking <laughs> yeah we had just like tribal drums and chanting and now it's mm -hmm. like, a, like a western almost like a spaghetti western <laughs> and it just keeps building up now yeah. you know now it's getting more uh, military yeah oh yeah it's like a mix it's a soviet strike it sounds like it's like uh, you know some mix of like russian themes and, uh, yeah. and stuff like that in there some, uh, some count not count strike uh command conquer yeah <laughs> yeah, and so I actually used to wake up in the mornings and throw this throw this on and blast my radio just to wake me up and hype me. I used to get so hype <laughs> listening to this shit. It's nowhere near as has the impact as it did when I was a kid. Yeah. But you know, I used to love throwing this on, especially the way it just like just freaking builds up this way. That's funny. Yeah, this is yeah. this this song has about three different genres like, right <laughs> like yeah. that entire intro was like some apocalypto shit like some right you'd yeah see, like, in a, you'd hear like in a tribal movie yeah we're, exactly you know? like, and then it, right it. here it turns into like this is where the like russian theme sounding thing comes on this is the music they play as they open the uh, Burning Man festival. This is the right. <laughs> yeah, when they light the big yeah. wooden man on fire. Yeah. This is what's playing. <laughs> oh, man. That's but cool. yeah. That's cool. Oh, yeah. This is, yeah. No, this song went through like three. It's on phase four right now. <laughs> I love <laughs> I it. I love this shit. It was the only song that came on, too. It was like, and I don't even, it only plays like in the opening theme of, of the game. Like, it's, it, that's it. I, during the actual gameplay, you don't even hear this shit. <laughs> at right. not the part that I got up to. This is all they can manage. The memory. <laughs> all right, in the beginning, that's it. Nowhere else. Oh, man. That's cool, though. I didn't even know about this game. Yeah, uh, when I saw, because I knew about the strike games, because again, my cousins had had um, jungle strike, I think it was, on Sega Genesis. So when I saw Soviet strike, I was like, Soviet strike. I was like, uh, this is on PlayStation. I, I like, yeah, I jumped that, you know, to get this game. Yeah, that's awesome. Don't you miss that? Don't you miss the days of not knowing anything about a game and just being like, oh, I'm, I'm just gonna jump in, right? Yeah. And then turn out. I, yeah. I miss that. I miss that. I know now it's that's like, that's I that's how I got Contra. As a matter of fact, I just randomly got the game. I didn't even realize it was a side scroller until I got home and popped. I was like, "Wait, this is a side scroller!" <laughs> Man, what a good wow! What's that feeling? It's crazy because that is a part of that. That was a part of the search, you know, mm -hmm. coming across something, buying something you you didn't really hear about or. Like, yeah, like uh, like leaving it up to the freaking. That's where we judge the book by its cover. You know, we judge the, judge <laughs> yeah. the game by its cover and whatever pictures it had in the back of yeah, the of the bro. case. 
Right, right. Through the crates. That happened. That happened to me quite a few times, actually. I, I remember buying games just off the opinion of somebody at the front counter. You know, just, exactly. You know, oh, that man, was a that. that was a big. You know, nobody is gonna really know what this is, but I mean, shout out to Cyber Games. <laughs> <laughs> shout out to Dan of right. Cyber Games because you know what, Dan from Cyber Games. Danny, um, you know, Cyber Games was a local spot around our way, and me and Games and a few other people would go there after school, and game that, that place was way ahead of its time. You know, the place had um, systems everywhere, and you could kind of put five bucks or ten bucks on a pay card and, like, use a system like a Super NES or um, a GameCube, PlayStation, and you people would just be huddled around the TVs just playing, and they also sold you know, these games, they also sold, uh, you know, PlayStation, every, every game that was hot at the time. And I remember going in there and him telling me, I didn't know what I wanted to buy. And like, it was one of those days my mom was just wanted to be nice and wanted to get me something. And he suggested rival schools. You remember that games? Oh yeah. Rival schools? Oh man. I think you brought that over. If, if you didn't bring it over, I played that somewhere. I, but yes, rival schools. <laughs> yeah. And you know, one of the songs for me was that, um, this is actually one I completely forgot about. And I, this is just on the topic of you talking about like, you know, coming across stuff randomly. It just reminded me of this. And, um, the song, um, that goes by the title on the rooftop of tail high school. Yeah. If you play that and it's just, you know, Japanese anime is just what, what I think about when I hear this, yeah. you know, Hell yeah. Yeah, I hear. I already hear the. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, and then this game blew my mind because at the time I was a huge fighting game like person. I right. loved Mortal Kombat, loved the Street Fighter series. This game has Sakura. Yeah. Sakura was, you know, and and this game played just like those other titles, a Capcom. You know, this is peak Capcom for me right here. Like, maybe not peak, but this is like when they were doing they couldn't miss you know right and at this yeah. time this game was like for us it was under the radar because it was just something you had to read about you know you had to you know be out there looking at every game pro and looking like the little uh hello uh, you cut off when you said you had a hello look at. looking at the game pro and what yeah, yeah, I'm sorry about that. Um, no, they, I used to look at the magazine covers, and I used to judge off that. Like, I used to get like, oh, this is yeah. this, co- this is covering Donkey Kong and Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter. I'm going to buy this. You know, and um, this game really didn't pop up in a lot of magazines that I remember, you know? Yeah, I, think, like uh, I, said, I don't think I heard about this until you, until you mentioned it to me, like, all those years ago. Hmm. And that's why I think I ended up getting um, Project Justice because when I learned that Project Justice was a uh, was part of Rival Schools, I immediately got that on Dreamcast. I was gonna say, they, right? They redid it for Dreamcast. I know I played it on that. Yeah, Project Justice it was called. It yeah. was it was the same thing in it, but it was Dreamcast. It. it was in those Greek Dreamcast uh, 3D graphics. Yeah, <laughs> I love that game. That was one of my favorites, actually. Oh man, Project Justice yeah, is bringing it back, man. Jesus, that's dope. Oh, you know, yeah. putting putting us youngins onto some good stuff. <laughs> Yeah, all the young people are probably like, what the fuck are they talking about? (laughs) 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 This shit sounded good? This shit sounds terrible. (laughs) 
um, one of the first games that really, really, really blew my mind and kind of showed me at least how how cinematic games could truly be or what they were going to become, um, how far they could be pushed into the mainstream. And that game and that soundtrack is from Parasite Eve. Nice. Hell yeah. And so... If you guys remember, do you remember the opening for Parasite Eve? And just yes, I love. Parasite I do. Eve. I do. Yeah, that <laughs> opening gets you right where you need to be. I mean, I think one of the best openings for any video game to date. Yes, I'd say it just it, it's like it's like a movie. It's like a TV show, like a legit TV show you'd watch or were watching at the time. It was just Yo, perfect. Absolutely, credits rolling. You know. It's, scenes are cutting back and forth and shit's exploding and you're seeing this the virus the parasite develop it was just in the music oh, that matched man. everything perfectly whoever was whoever was on that tambourine though was killing it <laughs> <laughs> i got a fever well they were into it man <laughs> the only prescription is more cowbell um, so this was uh this was composed by yoko uh shimamura Mm. Um, and actually became a really well-established uh, video game composer. She worked on Kingdom Hearts, the whole series. Nice, um, right, right. Super Mario, the RPG. Oh shit! Yeah. For, so okay. Yeah. She also worked on um, Street Fighter Two and Final Fight. Oh, so there you go. I didn't even know that shit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. you know she, what? She, what? Yeah, go on. You could kind of hear it, like when you see, when you hear that intro, you could kind of hear like that energy. You know, you know how those fighting games have like that energy that kind of gets right. amped up. Yeah, that you can hear energy. it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So this um, is definitely definitely one of my favorites. I, I loved it. It's funny that you mentioned her because uh, I can't think of the games now, but um, a lot of what a lot of people don't realize is that a lot of the composers for some of the for a lot of music that we we loved back in the day are are by women and full, full on like female like recording groups that worked on a lot of these song a lot of songs and stuff like that and I didn't realize that but I, I can't think of the some of the games that 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 from what I'm talking about but um but yeah this was definitely one of my favorite uh, opening soundtracks and then Parasite even general was just yeah. a, a game that I loved because being that we're from New York and yes. this is one of this is the first game that took place that I played that took place in New York that really you know, captured <laughs> uh, the feel of it from the yeah. you know the she was part of the NYPD she was at a play then she ends up in Central Park yeah. at the at the Natural History Museum like they covered like yeah. the the yeah. freaking uh, uh, tourist traps and icons of New York and but they made it look good for a PS1 game and this is back in those pre-rendered graphics days yeah. you know they re they really they Parasite really like like uh, uh, did a great job showing off, like you know, what New York looked like, and yeah. the feel was there for an old ass game. Yeah. It, 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 the feel was there with the, from the and the snow as well, because it was it's, a, yeah. it's this happens during the winter. I was gonna say, yeah, right. the, the atmosphere, the scenery, New York City is actually like probably one of like I'd say maybe the third biggest character of that game. Like it has so right? much character that it actually <laughs> right. becomes like a character. You know what I mean, like. Yo, just, no, just that's, really that's well a great done. way to put it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. You know what's funny? Now that you went on the topic, you know, you just reminded me. You went on the topic about um, a lot of female, you know, video game composers. And it just comes back full circle because we did a lot of praising of Symphony of the Night earlier. And that was a woman. Oh, okay. Know? There we go. See, I'm like that. Yep. Oh, I didn't even know. Yep. Yeah. Michiru Yamane. You know, she did. She did the. She worked for Konami for a lot of, you know, for a lot of their games. But symphony of the night is definitely the most notable oh shit that's awesome, that's awesome. 
Wow. Yeah, wow. yeah. She did, uh, you know, uh, I think she did one of the Ninja Turtle games. She definitely did Castlevania Symphony of the Night, uh, Bloodlines. Um, she did a lot of their stuff. And even up to recently, a few years ago, she actually did uh, Bloodstained, which is the same creator of Symphony of the Night or the, the guy oh, yeah, Castlevania. Yeah. You remember he he came back and this is kind of like the spiritual successors to Castlevania, right? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Wait, what? Was yeah, it? she's on there too. Um, um Bloodstained, uh, Rich, oh, Ritual gotcha. of the Night, I believe it's yeah, called. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, you have Bloodstained, Curse of the Moon, and Bloodstained, uh, Ritual of the Night, and she did the music for both of those. So, again, you know they 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 know when they have something good, they're like, you know what, we're gonna keep this relationship going. And when I need you in the future, we got to do it together. It's like a real good bond between the composers and the creators of the game, you know, saying kind of creating a pact. I feel like, you know, we whatever we work on in the future, we're going to bring you in yeah, because exactly. this is a long time later. You know, she was doing stuff for, you know, Konami in the 90s and 2019. She's still at it. So that's that's awesome. Yeah, yeah that's that's fire because I didn't know she did the music for I haven't played uh ritual of the night yet but i did play the first circle of the moon and, and i actually streamed it and finished it and um and the second one i started but that one's yo that one's no joke that shit's tough but the ape-bit music and um that they do for that is incredible and um yeah what's their names holy crap it's the same people who did um the blaster master remake right um, right right they did they're the ones who did who did uh who did circle of the moon and Ooh, okay uh, hold on one second i have to find them into creates into creates is is definitely be has become one of my favorite developers because they mm. with all the indie games out there and and right. like you know when the, with the indie explosion that's happened in the last you know this decade pretty much um right you know a lot of them use the same engines and they use the same they you know they use more more of a a lot of times they'll use more of a, like like i guess a modernized atari look and right. not a not a whole lot use a, a modernized um retro like 8-bit 16-bit super nintendo nintendo you know sega genesis look now they i mean you know you're seeing more and more of them now yeah you know like right, like right. master master but into creates i think almost almost every game they make it, it is on that pixel art from from the that the super nintendo sega genesis could do uh back in those days and and right. the music they've been they go ham with the music as well the music has been incredible and it fits because it's you know it fits the look you know it's still old older sounding music but oh man it's yeah freaking and incredible. i mean nice. those guys are from that era too you know nt is the guy one i know one of the founding members that ipo yamada mm -hmm. that guy worked he was like a sound designer on like Mega Man x2 and 7 resident evil you know games like that so when it comes to that, it's like they come. You, it's be, it's best when you get people from that era. You know, there's a lot of new guys who do it well too. But when they're from that era and they know what it is to capture that feel, yeah. it's it's it makes it even better. You know, yeah. I had no idea that that was by it was most most of the most of the staff from Integrates is ex Capcom staff. No wonder there's such a yeah. free. Uh, yo, yeah. it's all ex Cap. Yo, no wonder. I'm telling you, I've loved. I'm like, yo, Integrates makes some dope games, man. Like, you know, like they're they're um I forget the name of their other franchise that they that they work on, but but yeah, like a lot of their a lot of their stuff is is freaking awesome. And like I said, the, yeah. the pixel art is everything to me. That's everything because that's for 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 us who live through it. 
it's like yeah i can appreciate what they what they you know them bringing back certain franchises you know it was cool to see let's say like you know uh streets of rage you know make a comeback and you know and you have battle toads making a comeback but to me i think if it would have been if they would have stuck to that 16-bit in um era of, of stuff i think you know uh graphic pixel art i think it would have more people would have appreciated it because I, you know, Battletoads got a lot of flack because of its animations, and I think you know they really should have just stuck it out with you know went back to that pixel art because that's what that's what we all remember, you know, yeah. not these like super HD you know drawings. Yeah. Um, I mean, we were talking about just the intercreates and everything that they did. Um, was there anything? I mean, was there anything else? Any like last thing you want to cover? I mean, um, I didn't even realize we were talking so long that's how much fun i was having to be honest yeah yeah, um, yeah so i mean adding wise no i just i think people just had a really really good time with playstation one soundtracks and, and music in general like i think we had a i think we had a good and um without even realizing how good we had it we had a lot of classic music being created for us um, yeah exactly and it's nice to be able to appreciate it now yeah, most definitely. Yeah. No, it's true. It and it's just, like, yeah, go on. Well, I was just going to say, um, you know, when it comes to, you think back on it now, like, I, I've learned to appreciate it even more. Like, just, I appreciated it at the time. I remember saying to myself, wow, like, this is great music and, like, playing certain levels and wanting to play the level just because of certain music that would pop up and stuff like that. Yeah. And now that I'm older and, you know, being a musician and, like, just loving music so much thinking back on it i'm like wow this shit was next level it's just fun to appreciate that and see that you know for the most part a lot of these people have outstanding careers in their in their you know in their respective platforms you know like they've done great things they've had steady careers and it's a big following of people who really uh follow up on this stuff and um appreciate it just as much as we do so that's great i love it yeah yeah absolutely and like i said like this started a lot of a lot of my appreciation for music and um some of the some of the older things that i like you know were re-released on the playstation um one one last thing i wanted to um cover uh before we go we head out for for this episode is is on playstation square Enix. you know the last thing we played was was uh parasite eve's um uh theme Mm-hmm. But in general, uh, you know, Square Enix was another one. Well, Square, they were still Squaresoft at the time. Was still, you know, really big. Their music was still really good in a lot of their games. And while Final Fantasy VII, VIII, and IX all have their classic soundtracks, and a lot of this, a lot of those, I'm sure we all remember. Um, one of the soundtracks, you know, two soundtracks that I that I uh, didn't even get to hear until the PS1 era was when Final Fantasy Anthology and uh, and Chronicles came out and um not chronicles um it was anthology and origins excuse me but anthology had i believe um uh uh, four and six on it or it might have had five and six and then the other another one had four on it but i i didn't get to experience final fantasy 4 music you know which was final fantasy 2 on super nintendo and final fantasy 6 which was final fantasy 3 on super nintendo i didn't get to appreciate those until the playstation Mm. and one of my favorite tracks from six is the overworld theme and um and then um i'll never forget hearing this for the first time and you hear the freaking it sounds like you know like the peruvian like wooden flute 
uh, when right, right, whatever right. they're called, pan flute, I think it's called. And uh, yo, hearing this shit, yo, really like to this day, it hits me in the chest. And they, you know, 14 actually has brought a lot of this music back, and uh, I really appreciate the shit out of this. And um, you know, it had like sadness to it because the whole beginning of the game is about you know Terra's like mind controlled, and you know, it's like it's like a snowy, snowy theme, you know, uh, snowy backdrops and her being controlled, right. and like people not really knowing what's happening. And this song would just come on. It's just pretty amazing stuff. And the other the other mention I wanted to do really quick was the other overworld theme that I really love. I I, I can't choose which one I like more, but Final Fantasy IV's overworld theme was another one that sounds like the freaking harps coming on. And this shit was another one. You just feel like you're on a grand freaking adventure when you hear it. Oh yeah. And I think I think I like this one a little bit more than than six, but yeah, this has to be one of my favorite themes in any Final Fantasy. And even though again these are older and we're on Super Nintendo, it wasn't until fi a PlayStation that you know the re-release that I actually got to thoroughly enjoy these. Yeah. Right. A lot of people. This day. A lot of people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so this this is definitely those last two songs definitely some like really up there with music. So around this time, I mean, we had like I said I was already appreciating Final Fantasy stuff, you know, Parasite Eve, and then these came out towards I believe it was towards closer to the end of the I think 98, 99 is around when those when those anthologies came out and loved them. Like I said, the music was like I couldn't believe that these were on Super Nintendo. I was like, man, I'm. You know, the, the music hit me in a different way. Um, you know, and, and again, I didn't get to experience it until PlayStation, so... Yeah. Hell yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Classics. Classics all around. Classics all around. Hell yeah. Sweet. So, this wraps up this episode, I think, for the 32-bit era, the PS1, 64. Um, Hell yeah. Move oh, on yeah. To next? I think we're on the clear to move on to uh, PlayStation 2 X in the Xbox era. I already have some ideas for that. And I think, um, and um, depending on, I, I'm not sure <laughs> off the top of my head, I'm not sure if, there's, if we're going to spend as much time, but I, I know that, uh, you know, there's definitely a lot in, in the PS2 era that sticks out, you know. and that Yeah, was, the PS2 era is <laughs> problematic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot to cover because I feel like by that point, <laughs> everybody understood the importance of having like you couldn't just have a good game you had to have a good tone good music exactly and this is when we had grand grand soundtracks that like really like like pushed it and you know this is when we started getting like i guess what you know our first versions of what are considered you know triple a titles with the you know with everything uh mm -hmm. you know closer to what we have today you know yeah. what i'm saying because triple right. a always existed but you know on that level i think that's what we're going to be covering next week um yeah i think it looks like we're probably gonna end up going you know like at least two more on this but um <laughs> whoops <laughs> yeah, yeah it's i like... mean i honestly it's, it deserves it though you can't you can't really uh you can't really half ha we can't do half like we have to go all the way exactly and you, you know, know what i mean there's so much yeah and part of the name video games x life is again has become you know how video games cross over into our lives and music is definitely a, a big part of that you know because that's you know that has the biggest some of the biggest impacts on us so right. i'm definitely looking forward to, to to next week and recording more absolutely and, um yeah yes absolutely definitely looking forward to next week this has been a lot of fun um absolutely yeah. great time gotta find some gems for the next one now. exactly 
I'm ready to go. I'm ready. Let's go. Oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right then. Well, it looks like like you said. It's, uh, let's go. We're gonna wrap it up for this one. Um, something I've been forgetting to mention is um, we, you know, to follow us if you if you're new here. I, you know, I get analytics for for these episodes, and I've been seeing people from all over the place listening. You know, different countries listening. Um, if you're not already following, you can follow us on Twitter at at VGXL Podcast. Um, you know, I'm going to be trying to post updates whenever the podcasts come out. I'm also going to be trying to share some news. I know we we're, we deviated from what we started with the first two episodes. We're still finding our way. And again, thank you for everybody who made it this far and is listening. I really appreciate it. And um, hopefully I'll be streaming again soon. I completely like stop streaming to get the podcast off the ground. But um, you can catch me on, Twi- on Twitch as well. I have uh, Video Games X Life. Um, I, uh, you know, and I'll be streaming from time to time there. But um, again, thanks everybody for for listening, and I appreciate. It. See you next week. Later, guys. Later, guys. <laughs>